Hello and welcome to the Intentional Grounding Podcast, full first full episode, episode one. It's about three o'clock on a Saturday, and I'm here with my co-host Luke. How are you doing, Luke? Pretty good. How are you guys doing out there? I am doing great myself. Um, this is Noah Downs here. Uh, we have a few things to talk about today. Obviously, thank you for listening to our first show. If you're not yet, you can go ahead and check it out on our SoundCloud. At some point, it should be up on iTunes. Uh, but we don't have that up yet because we're brand new. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and talk about some players in the news today, or rather this past week. I think the big one for me, um, you know, being a Redskins fan, is RG3, Robert Griffin III, going to your Browns, the Cleveland Browns. It was a match made in heaven. Is it? Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I doubt it, but um, but I do like it. I mean, the uh, way the way I view it is, um, I I think of a plane, and this plane, this pilot has four engines out, and he's just flying as fast as he can towards the ground, and uh, at the ground where he's about to impact, he sees a train wreck. So it's like a plane with four engines out, just flying straight at a train wreck, and I, that's what I think about RG three going to Cleveland. I, I wouldn't think it's that bad, you know. Um, I would, I would point more so to uh, the issues uh, in Washington um, for the for the few years that he was there. Issues in and, Washington? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, you have Shanahan, who the first year with RG3 up until the injury was great, uh, uh, worth the price of admission that uh, Washington paid to uh, St. Louis to move up to the second overall pick to get him. Then the injury happened, and then you had RG3 uh, take a step back in the second year. Uh, But you listen to different stories, and it sounds almost like it was partially on uh, Shanahan, you know, uh, as far as not wanting him to become that true pocket-passing quarterback. Uh, But RG3 eventually gets benched, and all of a sudden, you fast forward to right before this offseason starts, and you have cousins who just came out of nowhere. Now, by this time, obviously, they've got a completely different head coach in there. Yeah, for uh, two Green. years, actually. Right. Uh, but, I mean, that's the part that, that's, that is the rub, though. You know, you hear these people talk about Shanahan and what he did and everything, but then, you know, they, Shanahan left town, and... Why wouldn't Jay Gruden turn to RG three if he was the better option? Um, well, let me no. let me tell you. Um, from from my view as a Washington Redskins fan, and that should not lead any more credence to what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but I think because of Shanahanigans, I believe that uh, that's a coin term, by the way. You can use it. Um, yeah, I do like it. Uh, I think that RG3 was looking really good because he had not had the two injuries that they had to end out that 2012 season. He is a destroyed quarterback. He was never really much of a pocket passer, and I think that uh, in order to succeed in Cleveland, he's going to need to get that back because Cleveland lost all their offensive line. RG3 is going to get destroyed. If you look at um, the, the other teams that are in that division, everybody's going to get to the quarterback, and he's going to be end up on his back more often than not because his footwork in the pocket is just not good. So as much as I love RG3, when in 2012 I thought he was the savior of my Redskins, 
I do think that him going to Cleveland is just going to be another you know notch in the bedpost on the Cleveland quarterback rotation. <laughs> I, I actually uh, I like that term a lot, and uh, there is that shop in downtown Cleveland that has the uh, the infamous jersey with all of the uh, names on it. <laughs> uh, and, and and I would expect uh, you know Griffin the third to end up as the uh, the next nameplate that is uh, placed on it. For failed quarterbacks. Now let me tell you, it's it's not Griffin the third. It's it's RG three. Oh, oh, I, I apologize. Well, I, I'm pretty sure the one on the uh, on the actual uh, jersey though it is Griffin three. Or... Yeah, I mean whatever, but I mean <laughs> Bobby three sticks. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect it to work uh, completely, but I do think that this does offer the Browns. A, an option at second overall. I, I would hope that they still take the quarterback they like, just because I don't know if they can see Robert as the option going forward, the future, the face of the franchise, if you will. But uh, this also allows, though, for them to take a quarterback in the second or third round and grab one of the many uh, top-tier talents in this year's draft, whether it's on defense or potentially, you know, they could trade back with somebody who wants a quarterback and try to get Zeke in, I, the, in the late, you know, late, uh, late out of the first 10 picks. Yeah. I really hope they do that because what, what killed RG three in Washington was the competition from Kirk cousins. If RG three comes into Cleveland and he's got that same high profile competition, he's just going to pout instead of, actually seizing the reins so if i, I mean, agree that was the I issue agree. if they take jerk off high rg3 is just gonna say well why'd you sign me here if you don't want me the the starter right well if you look at the money he's getting he's only getting slightly higher than backup pay right. so i mean uh it, it maxes out i believe at tw- either 22 or 23 million dollars over 22 two yeah and i mean those numbers i mean that's when he maxes out his uh, he more than likely will make closer to 15 Mm-hmm. Um, because he will only be a backup and everything. But, you know, in today's NFL, that's not a lot of money. I mean, a cousin signed a, a tender for one year, and isn't he making like $19 million? He is making a lot of money. So, uh, <laughs> He's making so more people, money than he should. Right. You know, people are caught up on uh, uh, running backs making $6.5 million a year, and that starter money, they're like, well, it's a lot of money. Look at your quarterbacks, you know, but the quarterbacks nowadays where it's becoming a quarterback league and this is a, you know, you could be a franchise player. So 19 million for cousins is perfect. Well, I'll tell you, um, I was looking at some of these deals that these, these backups and these starters are signing the other day. I said, you know what we talk about in fantasy, like 3 million. Oh, he's going to be the backup. I think to myself, man, I would love to make 3 million per year. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be so nice? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would love to sit here and make $3 million just, you know, talking into a microphone. Yeah, right. I mean, speak of, um, by the way, guys, if, if you're listening to this, we would love some donations. Just go ahead. And- <laughs> <laughs> send, send an email to intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com with all your donative intents, and uh, we'll take care of it for you. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm totally BSing by the way. Yeah, um, you, you, you can do like Daredevil on the, on the Netflix, and you can just like send uh, boxes of uh, fruit and other things to the office. It'd be awesome. You know, that would be great. Um, I would give you my address, but first you gotta email me first. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh 
now we've talked RG3 to death, I would say uh, let's move on to the other major Redskin movement, which is it's been a great week for uh, my Redskins and seeing their former stars moving. Let's talk about Alfred Morris to them Dallas Cowboys. Now our, our rivals, our better rivals, screw the Cowboys. I uh, I, I like the move, um, but I'd, I'd like to take a look at this from a from first a football standpoint, and yeah. then we can step into uh, fantasy with it. Uh, from a football standpoint, I like it a lot because it uh, it fills a need that the team had to bring in fresh legs compared to uh, uh, DMC, and you know they re-signed Lance Dunbar for a year, and um, this gives them the opportunity to have Alf show what he can do on a show-me contract. Yeah. Uh, but they don't need to go out at four and get a Zeke, you know, or they, they could wait later in the draft if they want to get younger legs to come in. Um, but this right here works out perfect for them because now they can go out and they can get potentially their quarterback of the future if they like Wentz or Goff. They don't have to sit there and worry about figuring out what to do. So I like the move from a football standpoint for Dallas. I know a, a pop, popular pick for them is Joey Bosa. I think Bosa would be great for them. Yeah, I, I know you know a little bit more about Ohio State than I do, even though you know we beat them that one time. Go Hokies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know much about Ohio State. I'm a Hurricane fan. But, you know, regionally speaking, <laughs> from, <laughs> from what I hear on the grapevine, uh, he is going to play well if he can get into their type of defense. That's where he's going to make. Uh, that's where they're going to get the most use out of him as a player. Um, yeah. So it'd be great to have that. It would also be really good if they could like maybe land. Um, oh, who is the uh, uh, the cornerback slash safety? Uh, it's not Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, thank you. If if he could go somewhere there, get someone in the back that just he's a headhunter. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so that would really help them, too. And getting Elf allows them to go out and do that. You know, And then on the flip side of it, you have uh, Washington already coming out with Jay Gruden saying that, well, they're going to take a gamble on starting and playing Matt Jones. Yay, Matt Jones! So now let's flip this into the fantasy side of it. Um, what I like about it for first, you know, Washington, who's no, obviously no longer getting back Alf, you know, for a right, yeah. contract. Matt Jones, people who took Matt Jones last year in the late third, you know, potentially even around, early. I think it was around the 305 is when I was able to get him. I think that's kind of where he was going in general towards the end of the draft season. Okay, so end of the draft season. Uh, that's a steal now. You have a starter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could take him right now and probably flip him for a 202, if not higher, depending on, you know, regionally speaking. Like for you, being in your area, you could easily get a first. Oh yeah, I know. I've I've actually talked to a few people in my area, and um, in the dynasty leagues I'm in, I would say that you could flip Matt Jones for as early as the 107. And that that would be beautiful. I mean, oh, 107 be right now. You were looking at if you, let's say you wanted to go running back to running back. If people around the, the people you're playing with prefer wide receivers, you could end up getting, you know, Derrick Henry at the 107. Right. Um, but even if he's gone, you're looking at uh, Kenneth Dixon, you're looking at uh, Collins, you're looking at... Devontae uh, Booker. Devontae Booker. You know, those guys right there, uh, they could give you 
that type of talent, if for some reason Matt Jones falls through, you still have that value built into those guys going forward. You know, so I would sell. Yeah, I would possible. sell and I would grab somebody like Devontae Booker as a three down back. Right. Now, ideally, if you could, I would love to get uh, turn my Matt Jones share into like a, Le- a Leonte Carew. Right. Um, but uh, but that's just me. Because I mean, right now you could so probably actually turn your Matt Jones share into a 2017 first if you could. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, w- I would do that in a heartbeat. And yeah, and then when he does fail, um, hopefully that person does poorly, and you can turn Matt Jones into a a Fournette or a Chubb. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> would love uh, to get a Chubb. That'd be great. No. Uh, then you look at Dallas again. Sexual lifestyle. Sorry. I, I, I just glossed over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <thank you. laughs> uh, but uh, when you, then you look on the Dallas side of it with Elf, and uh, uh, what's funny is uh, you would think that this would cause his, uh, his value to increase greatly, uh, but, it, it, but it really hasn't. Uh, within hours of the uh, signing announced being announced, uh, Jerry Jones came out and said that um, uh, Darren McFadden would still be the starter. Right. And that, uh, you know, Elf was there to basically uh, come in in, in relief. Now, let, and, let me tell you how I feel about that. Okay. And you pointed this out to me, and I, I agree. Um, what else did Jerry Jones say within hours of that signing? Oh, that um, uh, concussions had nothing to do with uh, CTE. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's about where Jerry Jones is with uh, reliability. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean... <laughs> I, I would absolutely agree. I think that there's enough out there to uh, state the uh, the contrary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but no. So I'm I, and I know that both of us actually had some pretty good trades. Exactly. So before before the trade went down, you and I both had heard that um, Alf might be going to Dallas, and so you and I, being the the friends that we are, we both acted upon it in our various leagues. And so why don't you tell me about the trades you had before? Um, like, what did you give up to acquire Alf before the trade occurred? Okay, well, um, for me, trading is all about value. Right. And I knew that in the leagues that I that I'm in, where I was trying to get, we're trying to acquire him. Uh, I'm not the only one that already knows this information. Uh, there is really no, there's such thing as being sneaky in a league where everyone has uh, football Twitter going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the news broke, and in both of my leagues that I acquired him, uh, I gave up uh, mid to late seconds. And I a lot of a lot of your podcasts this week have talked about how if you can get a second form, you sell them. But that's where timing comes into play. Right. So right before he was traded, I the two oh seven in one of my leagues. Uh, very quickly, the other guy made the deal, and I had acquired him. Luckily enough. There was a guy who was a Dallas fan in my league that really wanted Elf, and I was able to flip him within 10 minutes of acquiring him. It went from being the 207 to getting the 2017 first and the 303. Wow, that's incredible. I was happy. <laughs> well, now let me let me tell you what I did, um, and you, you know a little bit of this. After after the the rumors of Elf going to Dallas. Surfaced at first. I knew that there were a few people in my area who might not have heard of it, or if they had heard of it, would be looking to sell high. So I, I went ahead and offered out. In the only league I did not already have Alfred Morris, I went ahead and offered Isaiah Crowell, who I view to be about a 
late third, early fourth, um, and the 306 for Alfred Morris. And I was able to acquire him there. Um, so I, I traded away uh, the Isaiah Crowell and the 306. And I, I am not high on Isaiah Crowell, but that's a topic for another day. In exchange <laughs> to get out. And then within about 12 hours, the news of Alf being traded was finalized. And just about two hours ago, I flipped Alf uh, to a Dallas fan, which seems to be a recurring theme. I flipped him for Kevin White which is awesome, and the 303 in my draft. So not only did I move from Isaiah Crowell to Kevin White, but I also moved from 306 to 303. I, I absolutely thought that my deal was amazing when it happened a couple days ago. Right, me too. Um, but then when you sent this to me before we got on today, I, I, I couldn't believe you had actually taken my train and been like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> then walked all over it <laughs> getting your own yeah because i mean kevin white right now is valued more than the 101 yeah i i would absolutely you know and and i've heard anything from the 101 and the 103 but for myself personally looking at it i would definitely i would 101 plus is what i would want for him so that's one hell of a trade and I would, I would say, you know, to, to my friend who is probably listening to this podcast, uh, sorry, Brad, I would say that you you acquired Alf, and that is good for a contending team. A contending team like Brad's could definitely use Alf, and it's worth giving up to Kevin White, who is an unknown in general, and the 303 for him. However, in terms of value, I, I definitely jumped all over that trade because I really, really wanted um, to acquire Kevin White and his potential. No. He could be beautiful. <laughs> he, he could be. <laughs> so, um, but I, I do want to say that I think that if, if you are a contending team, acquiring Kevin White for about the price that Luke and I just suggested would be a good trade because Alf, once he becomes a starter, because he will become a starter because DMC is broken, um, he will be good for your dynasty team and he could put you into the ship. But if you're, if you're kind of a holding team or rebuilding team definitely sell them while you can and also um on a standpoint of value if you're trying to acquire alf and you think that uh that he will not be the starter i would wait until in season to get him because if the season starts and demarco murray is demarco yeah i'm sorry no darren mcfadden is (laughs) yeah stick with dmc Uh, if, if darren mcfadden is the starter you're going to see Elf completely just drop into value back basically where he was before he was signed there, at which point you can get him for much cheaper. However, if they go into preseason and it looks like uh, Elf is going to win, his value is going to skyrocket. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And it sounds like you're cooking, by the way. Uh, pressure cooker. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think um, right now, if, if you think that Alf will be the, the player that you want, and if you're a Dallas fan, definitely acquire him. But in both the case of Luke and I, we're looking to sell because we're, we're thinking about long-term maintenance because mm-hmm. you and I are kind of about that. We could probably contend, um, but we would like to build for the future. Absolutely. It's always about building for the future. So now that we've talked about these, bail bat, uh, these, uh, these trades, let's move on to our part two of this podcast today and it's going to be our mailbag we actually have some questions um y'all who listened to our first podcast went ahead and sent in your questions 
and we're just going to move through them. Some of them, I, I've seen all of them. Did you want to uh, do um, do these with a little bit of a, uh, a hot button, keep moving kind of thing, or did you want to take them one at a time? Let's uh, let's do a combo of the two. Like, if you feel like you can move on quickly, let me know. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, just kind of take them as we go down this agenda we've got. Okay. Uh, there's one question definitely that Luke does not know is coming, so be prepared for his immediate reaction, folks. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first question we got, let me pull it up here. Give me a second. Do, 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 do. This is your elevator music, folks. Do, 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 All right, so from Brad, instantly the same guy that I just traded Alf to for two or three, uh, for 303 and Kevin White. He asks, what is the impact of Chris... Chris Johnson signing in Arizona. So, Luke, I think um, Chris Johnson, obviously, as we know, was in Arizona. He was there in the backfield with uh, with uh, David Johnson and some other scrub. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Andre Ellington was there somewhere. Yeah. He he and, photo he, bombing somewhere. He and his three broken ankles. Um, <laughs> but uh, so the impact of David of uh, Chris Johnson signing in Arizona. Actually, I think that this is good for David Johnson. Um, the Johnsons are coming out strong. That is what she said. So uh, <laughs> I uh, I think that Chris Johnson will lower the wear on David Johnson, increase his value in your dynasty leagues, because David Johnson is young. Uh, he's flashed really strongly. Obviously, everybody knows how strong he ended last season. But I definitely think that he uh, he is. This will provide a good buy low, buy lower opportunity. I should say, you're not going to get him cheap. But David Johnson will be a good viable back for the future, especially with Chris Johnson signing. And if you have David Johnson, you hold. Exactly. I think you definitely hold David Johnson. Um, I actually look at this as also being really good for David Johnson. Uh, Chris Johnson is on a one-year contract, and once this year is up, I feel that the uh, the threat of CJ2K will finally uh, pass for I mean, David CJ, Johnson. CJ no K. Well, you know, I think he had like what was it last year? Like CJ like point eight K. Yeah, something. Um, but the reason why I like this for David is if we remember back to when Andre Ellington was relevant for that one season, the reason he was relevant was because he was able to do a lot with a little. And you don't have to go too far to see that David Johnson did the same thing last year. The only difference is, is when uh, Chris Johnson went down, David Johnson was able to do something with it, unlike what Andre Ellington was able to do. So... With that in mind, you know, if your league does return yards, David Johnson's probably going to stay in that role, and that's the, his hidden benefit. Right, exactly. I think he you can get him for cheaper than you would expect because a lot of people don't consider return yards in their trades or their draft. Right, and not only that, but there were plenty of times last year where David Johnson, at the end of a formation, would actually break out into a slot position and not the running back. So you could see plays where both Johnsons are out there. Yeah, so I would say, um, you know how many yard, rushing yards David Johnson got last year? How many? 581. Uh, <laughs> how many did you think that Chris Johnson got? I would I would think it was more. Yeah, it was it was definitely more. It was about 800 and, and uh, 800 and change, 815 about. 
Okay. Okay. Um, so that's right. But so I mean, my question is this: if David Johnson, like in my league personally, where there is return yards, he was the tenth overall running back, and with him only running five hundred and eighty yards, I mean, he was getting points. You know, on special teams and return yards, he was getting points in the air. Yeah, I mean, he won you your league. Absolutely. You know, his value is immense, and that league isn't even a PPR league. It's a completely standard league. Wow. And he still came in 10th overall. And in that same league, Todd Gurley came in 24th. So, um, Chris, here's here's the full stats. I just looked it up. Uh, Chris Johnson okay. got... 814 yards, he averaged 4.2 yards per carry. Receiving, he got 58 yards, uh, and he got a total of three touchdowns last season. Um, switching over to David Johnson, and this is where the you will really see the difference. He had 581 rushing yards, which is less. Fewer, fewer. I always get angry if you'll say less. Uh, fewer rushing yards. But he also had eight rushing touchdowns. And then he had 457 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. (laughs) All right, so what do you think is higher? His rushing yards, his receiving yards, or his return yards? Return. Yeah, his return yards. He had 598 return yards with a return touchdown. Hmm. And the difference is uh, David Johnson will be entering his age 25 season. And uh, Chris Johnson will be entering his age 31 season. So I would definitely, if someone is low on David Johnson because of the Chris Johnson signing, acquire him immediately. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you could get him for 106, 107, I mean, do you really want to, you know, do you want to go David Johnson versus Kenneth Dixon? (laughs) I would take David Johnson any day. I think the only player I would take in this draft over David Johnson would be Zeke Elliott, and that's because we don't know what Zeke Elliott's done. Right. I mean, I would I would give him the 104 for him. You know, I would rather, I would probably rather, Zeke, obviously, uh, but then after that, maybe Treadwell and Dachson. Yeah. But anything, that number four with Coleman, eh, you know, I, I'm probably 104 would be my sweet spot for him. But then again, 104 for me is the sweet spot for a lot of people in this uh, this draft. Yeah, I agree with that, and because um, once you get past Dachson and Treadwell and Zeke, you uh, you have a serious drop off. I agree. All right. Well, so what's the next one? The next one we have question. This question was literally just Buffalo Whiteouts. Mm. Yeah. So we're talking about the Buffalo Bills Whiteouts, and I uh, guess how we feel about them. Um, I know. I feel so, like this should be like a, the uh, the part of like a, to a Jeopardy question or something. Uh. Buffalo Whiteouts. What are Sammy Watkins, <laughs> Robert Woods, and uh, who's that? Oh, Jared Boykin. Uh, yeah, he, he is there. <laughs> oh, and actually Leonard Hankerson, too. Yeah, and uh, oh, um, uh, my uh, being a Browns fan, uh, Greg Little is also there with his irrelevancy continuing. Yeah, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, Boykin's interesting, though. Boykin, yeah, let me, let me tell you, um, being a Hokie, I don't know if you guys can tell, I'm a Hokie fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I was at Virginia Tech, Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback, and uh, the the number one wide receiver was Jared Boykin. And now you have Tyrod Taylor, who has established himself as the starting quarterback in the Bills' offense, and that will continue, folks. I mean, he is going to be their quarterback for the next foreseeable future. And then you have Jared Boykin signing there. 
I think that that is going to be a match made in heaven, and Tyrod Taylor will do whatever he can to have Jared Boykin make that roster and be an impact in that offense. Homer. Homer. Let me tell you, in, in the Green Bay Packers offense, when he was the third wideout in that offense, after Jordy Nelson ran Cobb and splitting time with Devontae Adams, um, Jared Boykin had 49 catches for 681 yards and three touchdowns, and that includes two 100-yard games. Jared Boykin, his hands are massive. I know this man. His his, his hands are like four salt shakers piled on top of each other. This guy can catch some balls, go deep. And uh, he he's going to be incredible in Buffalo, I think. I think that he's going to have another breakout renaissance season with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. I think that's an excellent take. Um, I wouldn't be surprised just due to their uh, previous chemistry. Um, I just hope that he's given that opportunity. Uh, Sammy Watkins is obviously going to be the number one. Oh, uh, nothing, always, yeah. nothing is going to change that. But I, I kind of agree with you. I think that Robert Woods is just a guy, and that if Boykin can rekindle that uh, that chemistry, he could easily step into a, a second overall. Exactly, and I, I think that chemistry. And and folks, take take what you will. I, I do like Virginia Tech, but I do think that that chemistry that they had there will be incredible. Now, everybody was saying that Andrew Luck and Kobe Fleener from their time at Stanford, they would have great chemistry and see where that led Kobe Fleener. But Kobe Fleener was startable for a while, guys, in fantasy, and Jared Boykin is going to a production-starved offense where Sammy Watkins is really the only viable wideout. So I, I definitely think that Jared Boykin has a shot to grow up. And if you can get him for the 5-12, you'll be great. At five twelve would yeah, I think that that's what. What would you give for Jared Boykin right now? Uh, honestly, honestly, uh, at this point, I would pick him up off the waiver wire because I can't imagine anyone actually having him. That's true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did spend this last season out of football. I mean, I do have him in a couple of leagues you and I have together. Right. Well, that's more so though, just because you know, dynasty leagues is some little beast and everything. But right. it, a lot of your dynasty leagues also, when you start up the new season, you'll start with your rookie draft. But your rookie drafts also include, you know, uh, free agents and stuff, and usually like seven rounds long. So I would probably spend a fifth out of that group, and you know, because at that point you're looking at depth. At defense, and your your offensive rookies are all but dried out at that point. Right, exactly. So, so no, I think a fifth would be a good call. Yeah, so I, I think from that, I mean, there's not much to go with Buffalo Whiteouts. I think Robert Woods is just a guy. The guy you want, if you don't have Sammy Watkins, is grab Jared Boykin. I think is what we're agreeing on, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, moving on, because we don't want to spend all of your time, folks. Um Let's talk about Devin Funches' value with Kevin with uh, Kelvin Benjamin returning. That's another question we got. This one for me is really easy. Yeah? His value appears to have dropped. Oh, oh wait. But His value drops? What? <laughs> His value has appeared to drop because of the impending return of Kelvin Benjamin. But because of Benjamin's return... His value and production will increase by the end of the season. I agree. I think I think once you have somebody to take a like Kelvin Benjamin who can either who can draw some attention, Devin Funches will 
pop up because right now you don't really have people in Carolina who are good. You've got Corey Brown and Devin Funches from this past season. And don't forget Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> oh, Ted Ginn Jr. Mr. Run Out. You know, oh, someone's coming. I better run out the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, don't, don't worry about Ted Ginn. When Funches was drafted, the talk at the time was that they were going to have the quote-unquote twin tower effect where they were going to have two big guys that kind of played slot receivers and he could dump off to. Right, because his wingspan, his catch radius is massive. Just Absolutely. Like and they could, you know, you could have Funchess do the intermediate routes. You could have Kelvin Benjamin and Greg Olson stay in close, and you could have Corey Brown take off the top, right. allegedly. Uh, well, Kelvin Benjamin went out with, uh, I believe it was an ACL tear rather early. It was something. It was some, yeah. It was season-ending, whatever it was, officially. And so it never took off. Now, I mean, obviously Carolina made it to the Super Bowl without him, but... It would be interesting to see what he could do, what they could do as an offense with Kelvin back in. Yeah, and I think um, Devin Funches might be able to approach the value that he had, which was almost nothing. So um, with Kelvin Benjamin coming back, you could probably get Devin Funches for pretty cheap. What do you think? Well, uh, yes, you, you could. Some people may look at that and be like, okay, fine. You know, I got him in the second round. His value should be roughly the same. Uh, I'm not one of those people. I feel that by the time uh, the end of the season coming up is over, he will be uh, a mid to late first, probably closer to a late first. And so yeah. that's what I would want right now. And since I'm not going to get it, he's a hold for me. Right. So he's he's going to end up as a, around a mid to late first, just like where Jared Boykin's going to end up, right? No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So why don't we get to that? Uh, we'll get to this last one. That's not the mystery question. We'll save the mystery question for last. All right. Yeah. Let me um, let me let me pull this question up real quick. So um, we got this question is from Owen. It says, "Who will be the top producing rookie this year, and who will make the biggest improvement from year one to year two? Okay. Uh, for me, um, I think the uh, obvious choice. Uh, for best rookie this year is going to be Zeke. I think. Yeah, we're going to have to cut out Zeke because we—I mean—he's going to be the best. Let's talk right. about him. Exactly. Uh, but when I go below that uh, in PPR leagues, I feel that the best potential for a person to produce is going to be uh, Corey Coleman because I feel that he is going to have a, a Brandon Cooks-like effect on a team, mm. and he can immediately come in, run those short to intermediate routes, and move the chains. That's interesting. You you are much higher in Corey Coleman than I am. He is my fourth overall. Right. Uh, I think um, I think the behind obviously Zeke. I think that Laquan Treadwell will be a really good rookie this year. So I guess we're both going wide out. But um, because I could see him going to an offense like where he starts off as a number two wide receiver, like for instance uh, the Giants. If he comes to, goes to the Giants, he's number two across from Odell Beckham. Odell's going to draw. Two wide receiver, two uh, cornerback coverage, and Laquan Treadwell will get open, and he'll just beast out like he did in undergrad. And I think that he's going to be really incredible in whatever offense he goes to. I do like Treadwell. I like him a lot. I like him a lot because he has no true weakness to his game. Right. Uh, I am very excited to see where he lands. Um, but I think that's what puts Zeke 
as the obvious choice versus everyone else. Everyone else seems to be very dependent on where they land, where Zeke will should be able to go just about anywhere and have success with the way he plays. Now, here's what I think would be really funny is if you uh, have the now Los Angeles Rams uh, draft Zeke, in which case you've got Trey Mason one year, Todd Gurley the next year, and Zeke the next year, and then we just hate the Rams. We literally all revolt against the Rams. <laughs> Man, that better not happen. I'd I'd love to sit here and say, obviously, that's not going to happen, but I would have said the same thing last year when Todd really went 10th overall. Right, exactly. So, uh, all right, here's here's the pop quiz question. Folks, this is the question that uh, Luke does not know is coming. Uh, This is David. Uh, He's from San Diego. He's a friend of ours. Uh, He sent, NFL draft is coming soon. I would like to hear some players that might go up in value after the draft and ones that will see a decrease in their value after the draft. For example, Ryan Mathis' value went up a bit when Murray was traded to Tennessee. I think his value will go down if the Eagles draft a running back early in the draft. If some teams address their O-line during the draft, some of the offensive players will get a boost in their value. Okay. I I think that's a, that's a great question. Yeah, Thank and he you, also David. asks, um, I want to hear about the current rookies' tiers as well. Oh, and that's not tears like crying, folks. That's tears like in a cake. Hey, that sounds that sounds good to me. Okay, so to take part of the take, let's take it by, part by part. Um, yeah. The, the first one that I have in there that I want to discuss is I think Ryan Matthews is a great uh, example yeah. of someone who's going to lose value. And so my suggestion is if you have him right now, is to move him. Uh, right. They are not going to leave the draft without taking another running back with the intent, more than likely to either supplant or start over Ryan Matthews. Uh, In my current uh, look, when I look at the Eagles, I see them actually taking Zeke at eight. I think that's why they traded away players to move up in position to get him. And I feel that if Zeke does go there, Ryan Matthews basically, he loses all value that he has currently. Huh. Uh, he, I don't, I don't, he wouldn't. He Zeke is a three-down back. Ryan Matthews would only be there as a backup, and Ryan Matthews does not have the best health. He is a little injury. Uh, he he's got some some, some soft tissue issues. Right, he's basically Demarco Murray, except for Demarco Murray's one season in Dallas. Yeah, and I, I agree that Ryan Matthews is definitely somebody who could stand to. Uh, lose some value i'm uh i'm looking through some of you and my uh, discussions try and pull out somebody else um well let's see well uh, what we could do is we could do it like this uh you take uh treadwell yeah if treadwell lands in say houston okay let's say that houston goes out and gets a, a number two now that nate washington has moved on uh if you look at that i would think that nuke um uh DeAndre Hopkins may take a hit. Uh, I actually think Nuke is going to lose value either way because of the signing of Brock, but there's no way he can get the sheer amount of targets that he had last year. Right. I think that, honestly, I think we talked about this maybe last week. I feel more so that his value already took a hit by the signing of Lamar Miller. I think that shows that they're going to go to a more uh, balanced offense. Yeah. Here's somebody else. I actually, um, I think that I got a list of them for you. They're all running backs. Um, I would say that uh, Matt Jones, I could definitely see the Redskins drafting a running back in the third or fourth. 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. And I think Carlos Hyde is actually a under the radar guy that could lose value. Mark See, I Ingram. Think, I think his value is going to go up. You think? I think Carlos Hyde. I think that they're planning on running him into the ground. He wasn't healthy at all except for that one week against Minnesota last year, and he torched Minnesota. Minnesota, who had a, a rather stout defense after week one as far as running backs, completely tore them to shreds and then got injured. So but I you, think If you look at the 49ers' stable of running backs, I would definitely say that um, they've been hurt by people's getting, people getting injured or retiring early or going elsewhere. A- absolutely. I would agree with that, especially with with their O-line and, and their, man, their defense. Everyone, everyone retired on them. Talking about falling apart. Mm-hmm. I would say um, a sneaky guy that who could who could seriously lose some value is actually Mark Ingram. Okay. Because uh, he he had a, so much value coming off the season, and he, if you think before the season, he was kind of like that guy that never had it. Uh, and then coming into the season, he was again that guy that never had it. But then he tore up the field, and he was a, he was a, on a lot of championship teams. I think the Saints start looking towards the future. They've already started looking towards the future with their re-signing of Breeze and. Uh, uh, Peyton, um, and I think that they could easily draft a running back, and then that just becomes a crowded backfield. Well, I remember uh, thinking that uh, that they were going to maintain Kyrie Robinson because right. I thought that Kyrie Robinson uh, was basically well, the way he ran was a Mark Ingram clone. Uh, however, they let him go for nothing to uh, uh, to the Jets. Now, Tim Hightower is still there, and Tim Hightower scored fourth overall in PFF last year for his runs. Now, I don't think Tim Hightower can put it together again. I mean, no, I, and I'll I, tell you, I, I, I say that I say that going to University of Richmond for law school. <laughs> Tim Hightower, I have a Tim Hightower jersey. <laughs> I don't think he put it together. Again. I, I don't think that he could either. I I couple that though with the idea that uh, Mark Ingram is only twenty five. You know he's he he's two years away from what they consider to be a running back prime. Oh, he's he's almost twenty seven actually. Oh, oh, the last time I looked at something, I saw that he was twenty five. So maybe maybe that's on my bad. All right, what do you think? Let's look it up. All right, fine. While we're doing that, on air look up. <laughs> while we're doing that though, let's say. Well, let's go by your way real quick. So while you're looking that up, we'll look at okay. So he's 27. So he's in his prime right now. I would say that they wouldn't bother to look at this year, but maybe in next year's draft where there's a lot more. So I would think that he would have one more good year of uh, real no real competition uh, going into next year. So would you say he's only in mid-season sell then? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. He for me would be a I'm not a contender. And I want to get the contenders first. Yeah. That's how I would look at it. Yeah, I get that. Um, one more guy that I think could seriously stand to lose in value that I think will actually lose value. Um, I bet the Bears do something to harm Jeremy Langford, Langford's value. Yeah, I, I think they uh, I think they actually already did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because, I mean, they were actively shopping to get um, another running back. Absolutely, I, I think, uh, I think as soon as uh, um, they tried getting CJ, that was their sign of being like, look, this is what we're gonna do in the draft. I agree. Um, 
So do you want to run through some tiers of, uh, of let's do the first 10 rookies. And I'll, I'll start because it's super easy. Okay. I think Ezekiel Elliott is tier one. If he's not tier zero, honestly, I, I would put Ezekiel Elliott two tiers above anybody else in this draft. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we can only put him at tier one. Right. I, if you compare this to last year, I would it would for me it would go uh, it would go Gurley, Amari Cooper, and then Zeke. So if he was in last year's class, he would be in my 103. Right. Um, and that's even if White came out being, you know, perfectly healthy. Yeah. Uh, but then so fast forward to this year though, and everything he is, I agree, he's up there. Uh, Treadwell for me comes in second, and he is in a tier for me. He's in a tier with both Doxon, and there's just a slight drop to get to Coleman. You think so? Oh yeah, I think that if Coleman goes into the right situation, uh, Corey Coleman, he his skill set, his uh, his metrics, he is going to be able to produce as long as he's put in a position to produce. Yeah, and I, I think once you get to Coleman, you have this uh, tier that is between. And tell me what you think. I think there's a tier between that includes Derrick Henry, Michael Thomas, Tyler Boyd, Sterling Shepard, Carew, Fuller, Dixon. It's a big tier after that, and it goes yeah, almost to ten. Absolutely, it's deal. It's totally pick your poison. Yeah, totally pick your poison after that. So uh, I, for, I, for me, out of that group, though, Boyd is at the bottom. Right. Um. You know, as far as like, and and I'm a Carew fan, so he would probably shoot up for me. Uh, Derrick Henry, for me, is also more towards the bottom of that. Uh, I would take, uh, I would probably take both at this point, both Dixon and Book ahead of him. Really? Yeah. Huh. And uh, and and Sterling Shepard, I think he's a rock star. Yeah. So I think I think in your top ten of rookies, you have three tiers, and the first tier includes. Zeke and only Zeke and everybody that's not named Zeke is not in that tier. Absolutely. I think think the second tier is Treadwell and Doxon. And then the third tier is literally picks four through ten. Yeah, but I would I would go with that. Um yeah, it's like one plus plus and then two and then three. Yeah. So um well that was a great question, David. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody who uh wrote into our mailbag. Again, if you want to uh, address our mailbag. Your email address to contact us at is intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. There's all one word, intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. So, uh, now Luke, let's talk about some intrigue and some interesting stuff. Uh, you and I started a Superflex draft, Dynasty draft, this past Wednesday. Yes, we did. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. It's actually a uh, super flex league, uh, which means that you can start a quarterback in one of your flex spots. Right. And we only have two flex spots. Right. We have two flex spots. It's uh, uh, one quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, uh, one tight end, two flex. And then uh, kickers are out because who needs kickers? And uh, but we do. We still have team defense and special teams. Right, yeah, because because we decided for some reason to keep DST and not kickers, which was absolutely random. I, I think it's more so people don't like to do IDPs, uh, you know, especially people that are starting out in the realm of dynasty. Uh, right. IDP is kind of a scary uh, concept. I mean, you and I are in plenty of them. Right. Uh, but uh, 
I don't think that a lot of the guys in here wanted to do an IDP, and so it, that still gives them their defense without uh, uh, having to figure out like what linebacker is the best one to grab. So like for a little bit of fun, you and I decided to pretend we didn't know each other in this draft, and in fact, we went ahead and decided to pretend that uh, I knew nothing about Dynasty football, just to kind of see what kind of trades I would get offered. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we've had a really good time with this draft and obviously we're not colluding or anything. I mean, I don't want to think anybody's colluding, but, uh, we definitely have had a lot of fun kind of going different routes. I've been going super young. Um, many people would say that I'm going to the UTH way of drafting under the helmet. Shout out to them. And a lot of people would say you are going more the standard dynasty two to three year window kind of drafting. Yes. So, uh. Let's let's talk about some things from our first two rounds of the draft. Currently, we're in the midst of the third round, so we have finalized the first two rounds. Uh, let's talk about some of the trades we made and some of the different things we've done. Okay. Uh, the first one that I want to get to is the big one. Uh, before yeah. Before we even finalize the uh, bylaws in this league, you and I had worked out a trade that I feel uh, is pretty standard as far as uh, both value and. and based on the direction that we were trying to go. Exactly. Yeah, I, and this trade, folks, if you're look, if you're going into a startup, this is exactly what you should be looking for if you're looking to move out of the first round. My, my choice in this league was to say, you know what, I'm going to kind of punt year one. It's not intentional, but it's going to be a result. Um, I'm going to get the 101 in 2017, and I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and trade away my first round pick. And from there, I was able to move back. So what I did was I traded my first-round pick to Luke. Uh, I had the 108, and Luke had the 106. And what did that do for you, Luke? What did you get? Well, uh, with uh, both of those spots, since this is a, uh, a super flex, I ended up going with Aaron Rodgers at the 106. Good choice. And then, thank you. And then Russell Wilson at the uh, 108. So I got out of my list, out of the top four um, uh, quarterbacks, I got two of them. Right. Um, and what I gave up in return for the 108 was the 207 for this startup, uh, along with the 407 and the 2017 first. Exactly. So uh, just to recap that, I gave up the 108 startup pick, mm-hmm. and I received the 207 and the 407 startup picks, and then I got your 2017 first. You right. went ahead and took Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, two, of which, two players which I think were really good for you to grab because Aaron Rodgers still has a lot of juice left in him. He had a kind of a down year, so I'm really glad you're able to grab him there. And I would also say that um, Russell Wilson has a lot left in him, even though he, um, this is a story for another time, but even though Russell Wilson can't hit strikes for shit. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, he doesn't have to do that in uh, the NFL. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, but then, uh, and that is noting that Andrew Luck went number one overall. Absolutely, and then uh, you actually had a uh, a second trade, right? In, yeah, uh, in in this right here. So because I'm I'm kind of punting year one, I'm trying to get as many picks and young players as possible. My second trade before the draft started was I traded away my 405 pick, so my fourth rounder, my original fourth rounder, for another player's uh, 2017 first. So at this point, I've essentially traded away the one the startup 108 and my startup fourth rounder. And in return, I've received the 207, the 407, and two 2017 firsts. So I'm sitting kind of pretty right there right now. I agree. Taking it in that sense, you see you have three 2000 firsts currently. 2017 first, yeah. 
Yeah, sorry, 2017 first. So I, I think that that's, that's going to do wonders for you as far as getting uh, uh, getting the talent that you need next year. Now, next year is a really deep class for running backs. It's like 2008. So, now, how how is the how is that concept of running backs being so deep next year impacting you and your decisions this year? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you. We already said what you drafted in the first round. I didn't have any picks until the two hundred five and the two hundred seven. Two hundred seven, I received from you, and the two hundred five is my original pick. Um, mm-hmm. What I did was I took the at the two hundred five I took uh, rookie pick. No, at the two hundred five I took Devonte Parker. So I was able to focus a little bit more on young wide receivers, and I think Devontae Parker, who was a top 10 pick in last year's draft, will be an asset to me. Um, at that point, Amari Cooper is gone, and all the standard wide receivers were gone. Um, but uh, at the 207, I took the 101, which okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to draft Zeke Elliott at. Okay. No, I, I think that sounds good. I mean, at that point uh, in the draft, at the 207, as far as uh, – uh, running backs go, both uh, Gurley and Bell were gone. Right. And so it was basically, if you were looking for a running back, you were looking at getting the 101 to get uh, Zeke, or you were looking at getting David Johnson. And I feel right. that we kind of touched base with that earlier, so I don't want to revisit it too much, but I think that that was the right call. Right, and because um, I know that the 2017 draft is going to be so running back heavy, and I have a lot of drafts picks already in that draft, I know that I can kind of, since I'm not trying to win in year one, um, a side effect of what I'm doing will be that I definitely lose in year one. I can take great running backs on the level of Zeke and Gurley in 2017 and turn that into a potential championship team as long as I continue to take stud wide receivers. Absolutely. And I'm looking at it, the only person behind you that would have given me pause is Sammy Watkins. Right. Now, I that's something you and I talked about too, though. You about the uh, soft tissue injuries and everything. Right. Uh, but uh, so I do understand the. Uh, but for me, that would have made me think about it. But I'm pretty sure I still would have gone 101. I think it was a solid call. And and for me, I, I think that the reason I did not take Sammy Watkins was because I I considered taking Sammy Watkins, but I you know it's just a personal thing. I've never really liked Sammy Watkins. Um, I, I recognize that he is a top-tier wide receiver, um, at least in the top two tiers. But uh, for some reason, I've just never really trusted his production. Um, you just think Jared Boykin's going to take the number one spot. Of I'm course, understand. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I've never really trusted uh, Sammy Watkins. That's just a personal preference. Sammy Watkins is a great player. Nope, I, I totally get that. Now, looking farther down uh, the list here, going into the second, uh, the second round kicked off uh, with uh, Mike Evans going. Right, and when Amari Cooper and Mike Evans around the turn at the 12 and then the 1. Yeah, and then uh, Bell went, Bell actually lasted in this to the, um, uh, uh, the 202, which surprised me because besides uh, myself, Taking uh, Rodgers and uh, and Wilson, only four quarterbacks went in the first round. Yeah, and that's surprising in a super flex league where you can start two quarterbacks. I mean, a super flex league you typically play as a two quarterback league. Right, it, it, that showed me that actually concerns me, uh, only because I spent a lot of uh, value to get your pick. Right. 
But the reason I did it was to get that quarterback. And if you look at the people who were able to, I mean, somebody who in the third round now, fast forwarding a little bit, uh, they went out and they got Marcus Mariota. Right. And they also made a trade earlier. And so now their, uh, their lineup after the third round of getting Marcus Mariota is they have Mariota and Derek Carr as their two starting. Right, exactly. So I think that there's, um, there was a little bit of value left. However, I think that the difference between um, Rodgers slash uh, Wilson against Mariota and Carr is that you'll have Wilson, who will continue to produce an extremely high level. You'll have Rodgers, who will produce at least for a while until you can get to next year's quarterbacks. We actually just had uh, picks come in live. Oh, really? Who, who's come in? Uh, Keandres came in, and he went with Jordan Matthews and Carlos Hyde at the 312 and 401. Oh, interesting. I thought Carlos Hyde would fall a lot further than that. I, I did too, but, you know, in all honesty, like I said, I, I think that he could do something this year. So his his team right now is uh, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and then uh, and then Jordan Matthews. So, yeah, then that, uh, that puts up who, – who else does that put up? Uh, Rodolfo's up now. And he's the he's the uh, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota. So actually, I think his trade his this next one has been traded out. Let me check real quick. Uh, nope, it is his pick. So yeah, so that, that should be uh, that should be very interesting. Nope, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it was traded out. It is now Johnny's. Interesting. Well, folks, we'll keep you updated on this draft as it goes along. It'll be going on for a couple of weeks, we think, actually, because we're doing an email draft. Um, and hopefully those of you who are in the league will not listen to this podcast in order to jump our bones. <laughs> I yes. would hate that. <laughs> but yeah, so Luke, um, I think for Luke, go ahead, Luke. For, for me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> and uh, for myself, Noah, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, it's been uh, wonderful week in terms of Dynasty, and thank you for everyone who wrote into our mailbag. If you want to reach out to us, I'll repeat it for a third time. You can reach us at intentionalgroundff at gmail.com. So thank you, everybody, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. And good luck with your off-season rosters. Happy hunting. <laughs>